0: you're listening to the conversations with kids peace podcast advice information and inspiration from experts at the leading provider of mental and behavioral health services for children adults and those who love them now here's your host The Conversations with Kids Peace podcast is sponsored by Spyglass Solutions, a nationally recognized management consulting group with comprehensive experience in the challenges of the healthcare field. Learn more at spyglasssolutions.org conversations. Hello and welcome to our podcast series, Conversations with Kids Peace. I'm Bob Martin. I wonder if it will be possible to explain to future generations the multitude of changes in our society that have been wrought over the two and a half years and counting here since the emergence of the COVID-19 pandemic. For many organizations, the pandemic has revealed weaknesses, vulnerabilities that weren't even imagined in the pre-pandemic time. Each organization, really every industry, has experienced their own distinctive upheavals tied to COVID-19, but with something of a common thread among many of them, and that's the impact on their workforce. Recently, I heard a presentation from the head of a leading nonprofit in our home area of Pennsylvania that laid out their unique struggles in terms of attracting and retaining valued employees in the post COVID-19 time. And so uh, we've prevailed upon her to join us to discuss that situation and what could be learned from those difficulties. Cassie Hilgert is the president and CEO of ArtsQuest, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing access to exceptional artistic, cultural, and educational experiences, with a focus on using arts and culture as key elements of economic development for urban communities. And she's been a friend for many years, so it is especially nice for me to say, Cassie, welcome to our podcast.
1: Well, Bob, thank you so much for having me and also for all the wonderful work that you and Kids Peace do for our community and so many other communities.
0: Well, we would say the same back to you, and, and we want to make sure Pete. We'll we'll give you guys a, a good promo at the end. But, but uh, as I mentioned, uh, I saw your presentation. This was at a nonprofit collaboration conference locally here, and I thought you summarized the problem COVID nineteen posed to your organization in a really compelling way. So, I wonder if we could start by having you share that perspective with us. Sure, Bob.
1: Um, you know we. We run festivals and events and we bring people together and and for almost 40 years we've been doing that and about 10 years ago we opened up steel stacks, which is a arts and district cultural or arts and cultural uh, district. With the hope of mitigating what we thought it was our biggest concern and that was weather, um, so we thought we were pretty smart uh, and then the pandemic came upon us and suddenly. We could not bring people together. And everything we had done to diversify, we do food and beverage, we do private events, we do cinema, comedy, outdoor festivals, visual arts classes. We thought diversifying was our greatest strength when in fact we realized there was a very similar thread among all that diversification that was bringing people together. And we couldn't do that again. And that was a terrifying prospect.
0: Obviously, there's lots of ways you just you just mentioned. Uh, you know, how the the sort of all the facets that an organization like yours would be affected by the pandemic. One of the most intriguing conundrums you presented uh, during this presentation for me was the impact on your employees from a, an emotional and psychological basis. So, um, to talk about that, I wonder if you could begin by kind of explaining. Who are the type of people who are attracted to working in your field? What, what, are, what are their motivations?
1: I would say in general, our staff, the people I work with um, are curious by nature. They look at things and wonder how they work. They're driven by deadlines. When you put on 4,000 camps, classes and concerts a year, you got a lot of deadlines and you need to be motivated by that, be very accountable Uh, Because you can't hide when you have a deadline and you're putting on a concert, Uh, you know, that is that is difficult to cover up if it doesn't go well, or if we don't get everything done. I think in in general, our staff is also highly competitive, uh, believe it or not, even though we're an arts and cultural organization. So you've got all these mixture of personalities, but they've got common threads. And what happened in the pandemic was we threw had to throw out everything we knew and most importantly, we couldn't do it together. That's something we thrive on and that seeing each other in the hallway seeing each other in the, you know, when you grab lunch, uh, when you're walking out to your car in meetings, all of that went away and that was extremely foreign to us all and very discomforting and I think we're all still feeling that coming out of this it's been over two and a half years, and we're in a hybrid format now where there's so many days in and so many days out. But, you know, when you go that long, you can't help but create new patterns of behavior. And we have to work actively to retrain those patterns. And I think we're all just still realizing how difficult it is for us to come back.
0: What was it like, dealing with your employees in the early days of the pandemic, especially when it became apparent that you were going to have to scale back your programming, find these new ways of doing things that you just mentioned.
1: You know, the first couple of days, uh, honestly, I think we all left the office on that dreaded Friday, March 13th, thinking we were going to have two or three weeks at home. And, you know, we might not work as hard and we'll see everybody in a month when it settled in that we had no idea how long this was going to go. I have to say there was actually a little bit of an adrenaline rush because there was this new problem and I go back to this curiosity factor we all tend to have here. It was how are we going to bring people together during a pandemic through the arts if we can't get together. So there was this adrenaline rush around learning to become essentially TV producers in a month. We had to you know, get the software, we had to get the training, we had to get all the technology. So there was a rush there to get that done. I think after that initial period, once we got that virtual programming up, then there was a little bit of a sense of, well, what is this going to mean? Are we going to be able to survive? How long can we do this? So there was a mix of, of real excitement and then a, I, I would say a sense of dread for a while.
0: It's interesting you say that because one of the things we we have you know in our field we we've identified is that the pandemic's effect in many cases took us from. A, a place of acute stress. Acute stress would be you have an event, it causes stress, maybe there's some anxiety leading up to it, the event or the incident concludes, and then you deal with the, uh, the aftermath. We went from that acute stress to chronic stress, um, something that uh, one of our doctors described as, it's dealing with a hurricane and then going to a point of, you get hurricanes every week and you don't know when they're gonna go and you don't know when they're gonna stop so you know like you just outlined you you went to that point of okay now what what's going to happen um how did that dynamic play out with your workforce and I'm, I'm thinking especially um your your signature key uh keynote uh you know event every year of course is music fest in august in august 2020 when when you had to shift to that virtual model how did that dynamic play out with your w- workforce
1: that dynamic was was part of that adrenaline rush i was talking about before that actually was a time we all were coming together because we know how the music fest machine works and when it got thrown upside down i think it was a new exciting challenge for us we had such a great partner in service electric who did the broadcast um you know and and that was an exciting time actually for our staff it was after that we were looking at having to do that for Oktoberfest and Chris Kindle Mart and visual arts classes and having to think, can we do this for 22 months? Can we do this for three years? We had, we had no idea how long that was going to be. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Bob, the chronic stress, I think we're still feeling to some standpoint because that's very much out of our control. We're comfortable, not excited, but comfortable with not having control over the weather. weather but we kind of know what to do with that, because we've always had to deal with it. This pandemic uh, layered stress upon stress upon stress because you could be able to come back technically, but would the attendees, would the sponsors, would the artists. And so you, you do start the day still, I think, to this point, holding your breath a little bit when you're looking at the headlines and seeing is there something foreboding out there that, that, that is going to impact us for the next year? So I certainly see that with staff. If anything, there's a little reluctance to plan early intensively. We'd rather look at six different options based on what we know. And then the closer we get, finalize something, which is a little different for us. We are used to planning, you know, Music Fest and other things more than a year out.
0: How did you address the question that I think so many organizations are dealing with, and that's the retention of employees, especially these valued employees who are motivated, lots of institutional memory. Um, how did you address that uh, in terms of the pandemic and, and characterize it? Was it successful?
1: I think that is yet to be seen. Uh, in the early days of the pandemic, we over the course of the pandemic, we lost over $20 million in gross revenue. And so we had to obviously cut a lot of costs. We were able to keep almost all of our full-time staff, but they had to take pretty severe pay cuts for 18 months. Uh, now we were able to make them whole, thank goodness, uh, to a federal grant called Save Our Stages eventually, but we didn't know that we did the pay cuts. So past that, I think we as senior leadership went into hyper-flexibility. So allowing employees when they're working at home, if they can't do an eight to five or a nine to five, if they've got to do an 11 to eight, or they've got to stop for you know three hours and making sure that their kids you know, get, get through their, their Zoom classes, I think the flexibility was key. Coming out of it, we are looking at retention in a much different way, and we're looking at it from the ground up. So we've got several employees that have asked to start their own committee to look at what would be the best things we could offer for retention and that I think is a great sign of success for us because look senior leadership we're we're isolated in a non-pandemic situation you can lose touch so easily but coming out of a pandemic we need to know what do employees care about and we're not the experts so to have employees raise their hands and say we want this place to be as good as it can be let us give you guidance that's something that we're really excited about
0: Fabulous answer to the question, you know, the fact that they're coming together saying how can we help this organization craft a way rather than say well tell us what you want us to do, etc. Um, says a lot about your workforce obviously. Um, and that may that leads us kind of to my to my al- almost ultimate question, which is for you, you leader of your organization, what's what in your mind is the most important takeaway from the experience? And I know we're still We're talking about fixing the car while we're driving it down the highway. But um, I'm just wondering, from the standpoint of the relationship that you have with your workforce, what is that learning? What is that most important takeaway you feel you're going to keep in mind, hopefully, that a, a time will come where COVID will be history?
1: Certainly before COVID, a strong belief of mine was something my dad taught me, which was surround yourself with people smarter than you. So while I had been doing that, I don't think I realized just how important that was until the pandemic hit, because this was a time when you as leadership had to come up with creative solutions and then let your staff do it and trust them. And the belief that they were hired here and they're working here because they are smart is one thing to believe. It's another to let them do that. And I think I was so excited but not surprised how they rose to the challenge. So to me, you know, the the connection with my colleagues is to trust them more than ever with what they can do. And I think from an organizational standpoint, the biggest takeaway for me is you must always look at what if your greatest strength became your greatest weakness. And that is what we used to excel in which our greatest strength was bringing people together what if that became your biggest weakness what would you do to survive so i think as we go forward and everything we do i'm looking at those programs those buildings those campuses as what is that greatest strength and what if it turns upside down how would we adjust and change
0: that's that's tremendous insight uh, Cassie, we ask each of our guests on the podcast for a life hack. This could be your favorite saying, uh, an inspirational quote that you, that you remember. Maybe it's just how to do something around the office of the house a little bit better. So what's your life hack for us today? My
1: life hack is there is no telling how far anyone can go if they don't care who gets the credit. Something that I was raised with and I strongly believe in that If you work towards a common goal and you're less worried about pounding your chest, you're gonna get a heck of a lot more done.
0: Well said, thank you. Cassie Hilbert is president and CEO of ArtsQuest, which among a boatload of great things stages the annual August Festival Music Fest in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. If I'm correct by my research, twice voted the best music festival in America. And you will be back live and in person in 2022. For more information about that and other offerings, visit artsquest.org. My friend, always a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us.
1: So good to see you, my friend Bob. Take
0: care. All right. Thank you all for joining us as well. We hope that you'll join us again for more Conversations with Kids Peace. Until then, take care.